Hello and welcome to the IFR 17 podcast, a Deloitte production for everyone interested in the topics around IFR 17. My name is Igor Ulrich and I will conduct interviews with a different expert on a specific topic in each episode. I will make sure that beginners don't feel left behind, but also experts can take something with them. Enjoy! Today, my guest is the global IFRS insurance leader at Deloitte, Francesco Nagari. Welcome, Francesco. Thanks for making the time. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the program. Where do I catch you at the moment? I am in Hong Kong at the moment. I'm in Berlin, so we are at the safe distance of around 9,000 kilometers. Let's start right into the questions. My first question is, Francesco, what does it mean to be the global IFRS insurance leader at Deloitte? Thank you. It's a, it's a tough one to start with, but it is a position of great responsibility that I have to play constantly on two fronts. Uh, one is the commercial front, and the other one is the accounting policy front. On the commercial front, uh, that requires me to uh, lead the partners in my steering group to support our sales efforts, our delivery efforts for the FRS 17 projects that we have won, the management of our ecosystems of uh, software vendors, which include top vendors like uh, SAP, SaaS, and FIS, and the development of new tools to support our service delivery. The accounting policy front, instead, is, uh, is where I have to deal with, uh, with the ISB. Uh, the International Accounting Standard Board, and guide our network to formulate our interpretation of how to apply FRS 17. And this is done both from an advisory and an audit standpoint. Deloitte's advice is no different. The ISB also appointed me to be a member of the FRS 17 Transition Resource Group, or TRG, and I've been attending those meetings in London in 2018 and 2019. At present, uh, the TRG is standing by to see if the ISB wants us to have another meeting to discuss the issues that may come out uh, from the amended FRS 17 text that, uh, that the ISB just published uh, on the 25th of June 2020. As I said, it is a position of great responsibility, but I have to say also that I lead a fantastic team and I'm truly passionate about doing this work for Deloitte and our clients. You mentioned that the final version of IFRS 17 was published in June 2020 what is your perspective on the final status of IFRS 17? My perspective is that the new standard uh, as amended uh, is a much improved version compared to the original text that was published uh, in 2017. I'm also quite proud that uh, a lot of these improvements came from suggestions that Deloitte gave to the ISB in our common letter uh, that we published in September 2019. Obviously, uh, not all our recommendations were taken up, and one suggestion in particular that was not adopted uh, is in an area where debate remains quite lively. This is a material but also quite technical issue, is uh, the application of the annual cohort requirement to insurance contracts that have the uh, so-called mutualization features. We'll see what comes out of this debate in the coming months. Let's have a look at the global development of companies becoming IFR 17 compliant. Where do companies stand currently? Actually, the, the state of maturity of uh, IFRS 17 implementation work is quite broad. Some of the smaller unlisted general insurance companies, for example, have not yet started any work on the premise that their implementation will be simpler and uh, it will be able to leverage the growing maturity of software solutions being implemented by larger insurance organizations. 
The multinational insurance groups in the life and reinsurance segments are probably the more advanced in reaching compliance. However, I would expect that by the beginning of 2021, all insurance companies that need to comply by 2023 will have made sufficient progress. As you know, uh, some of the countries around the world have decided to give themselves a bit more time, and uh, it is in these countries that uh, sometimes you find the smaller, less advanced projects uh, in, uh, in the implementation of FRS 17. From a Deloitte vantage point, a large majority of countries will require compliance by 2023, with the rest reaching compliance by 2026 at the very latest. What are, in your opinion, the strengths of Deloitte regarding IFR 17 project successes to date? The success that Deloitte achieved to date is due to the four pillars that uh, support our IFR 17 campaign. One, a global workforce. Two, a Deloitte proprietary toolkit. Three, a software vendor ecosystem with Deloitte at the center. And four, a distinctive eminence activity in IFR 17. The first pillar is uh, our global workforce. It has grown rapidly thanks to the rollout since 2015 of a common intensive training program that we called the IFRS 17 Boot Camp. This is a voluntary certification that more than 1,500 Deloitte professionals have acquired to date. The second pillar is uh, our toolkits. They have been present at each stage of, uh, of the campaign's evolution, moving from the famous BIAT and FIAT to conduct efficiently business and financial impact assessments in the early stages of our work with clients to the recent generation of tools focused on the need to deliver high-quality implementations. These new wave of tools include leading-edge ones such as the Deloitte FRS 17 data model template, the Deloitte FRS 17 posting framework, and a suite of accelerators to facilitate the creation of policy and methodology specification documents for our clients. The third pillar is the fact that we created the largest ecosystem of software vendors interested in the FRS 17 implementation work. We were the first to move in this space since forming a special alliance with SAP in 2012. Today, we have alliances with SAP, SAS, FIS, Aptitude, Moody's, IBM, and Anaplan. Each alliance has a dedicated partner from my leadership team who acts as the global alliance leader and promotes the solution within our firm to ensure our knowledge of that solution is leading edge and implementation of the solution is as smooth as possible. Finally, our fourth pillar is our eminent strategy, which has given preference to quality over quantity. For example, we decided to partner with the Economist Intelligence Unit to produce the definitive view of the insurance industry's perspective on FRS 17 by running global surveys since 2012. The last one in 2018 captured the way insurance companies were mobilizing to enter the current implementation phase. On top of that, Deloitte was the first to promote our point of view in social media with LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube all being used since 2013. Deloitte supported one very interesting project, and this was the IFRS 17 project of Samsung Life Insurance. Samsung Life Insurance was one of the first life insurers globally, if not the first life insurer, that met the exacting requirements of IFRS 17. So what did this project do right? What were the key success factors? What can other companies and other IFRS 17 projects learn from them? 
Samsung Live project uh, was really uh, fantastic. Uh, but the primary consideration is uh, how to get the three very different and separate functions of an insurance company like Samsung Life Insurance to work together. These are the actuarial function, the finance and accounting function, and the IT function. They have to understand each other and effectively collaborate to design, develop, and implementing a solution. For Samsung Life, the proactive and sustained support from leadership to promote cross-functional communication was a key factor to achieve this outcome. Talent management is also a key for successful FRS 17 implementation. We know that the market demand for FRS 17 experts far exceeds the supply. Samsung Life addressed this uh, challenge by investing time and money in developing appropriate talent development strategies. But most importantly, Samsung Life emphasized the value of leadership commitment to define and then drive, enabling the delivery of the desired change. New business practices will always face a degree of opposition from within, often because teams are simply comfortable and familiar with existing practices. This is where leadership's willingness to tackle challenges and actively embrace new business practices is fundamental to enabling all teams to do likewise. The date of initial application of IFR 17 was postponed around half a year ago. It used to be the 1st of January 2022 and now it is the 1st of January 2023. Nonetheless, some companies plan to apply IFR 17 still on the 1st of January 2022, which is also called early adoption. What's your perspective on that? Well, this is a very delicate matter. Early adoption is really a very delicate matter. First of all, I believe that only a minority of insurance companies can afford it because of the maturity of implementation programs being quite diverse at this point in time. Second of all, it calls for a careful assessment of the impact that this decision will have on the share price of an insurance company that adopts FRS 17 one year earlier than the rest of the market. It is a fine judgment, and the volatility of the market that has been triggered by COVID-19 makes this judgment a very difficult one. Deloitte is working closely with a number of our implementation clients because we have to help them to prepare for that scenario if their leaders decide to go ahead and publish financial statements one year before everyone else is mandated to do so. You mentioned the collaboration of actuarial, IT and audit services. How do you think the work of an external auditor will change and what can insurers do to prepare for that? Well, as an audit firm, uh, Deloitte has already started to work with our audit clients in preparing for the audit of our FRS 17. We have developed uh, an approach that we call progressive assurance. Effectively, it's an approach that gradually increases the involvement of Deloitte as an external auditor of an insurance company that is in the middle of implementing FRS 17. The ultimate goal is the audit of the restated comparative financial statements for 2022 and the sign-off around the multiple new internal controls that will be implemented by that time. In a way, that is quite similar to the finance, IT, and actuarial processes that we described earlier in the implementation project. External audit work under FR17 will also call for a much greater integration of skills and work across the three components. I cannot say at this point if the cost of an audit under FR17 will be much more expensive than those conducted today. However, there is certainly a much greater volume of disclosures to be audited than under the current regime, and it is hard for me to see the cost of audit going down 
after IFRS 17 adoption, all things being equal, of course. We are almost at the end of this podcast, and my last question is, what will be the next important topic for insurers right after IFRS 17 compliance? Is it the optimization of the new finance structure, the balance sheet and P&L? Is it adapting the new operating model? Or a change in the compensation model? Maybe a new KPI system? Or even something else? It's a very broad topic, but I would expect all these topics you mentioned to be part of the post-implementation work that insurance companies will be doing. In particular, the opportunity to build on a stronger and more uniform system that will be coming out of implementation for FRS 17 compliance is clearly attractive. I expect that the significant changes implemented to get compliance in place will not be an end in themselves. More opportunities to transform finance and actuarial systems and processes will be forthcoming in the rest of this decade. I expect that insurance companies will navigate towards the optimization of what they are building today and make their business stronger. For example, I foresee the data granularity available from FRS 17 can be channeled in developing predictive modeling to target customer acquisition and new product developments. I can also foresee that more automation will be possible with the uniformity of accounting processes that FRS 17 mandates for the first time in the insurance industry. I am quite certain, actually, that in the years beyond IFRS 17 compliance, they will be equally busy and interesting for all our clients. Francesco, thank you very much for your valuable insights and for making the time, and all the best to you. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast, and uh, goodbye. That was the Deloitte IFRS 17 podcast. We thank you for your interest and look forward to your comments, feedback and questions. You can reach us via email at ifrs17podcast at deloitte.de. Please join us again next time. Till then, we wish you all the best. <laughs>